Hey, Nora. Hey, Sophie. Um, I don't know about you, but I felt like a mad woman during this episode. I really did. It was very aggravating, both for the content and also for the, again, love Matt Weiner, but like the very like obvious nature of like, what do women want? <laughs> like, it definitely felt like Midge, who says in this episode, don't ask this question. I felt mad at this entire episode. Yeah, for it asking was really the question, irritating. Is, yeah. So we're going to unpack season one, episode two of Mad Men. Um, which is called Ladies Room. Mm-hmm. And all about the ladies. We're just going to dive in, right? Yeah, dive we're just right in. Dive into uh, our episode. All, all of the sexism that is coming. Just, <laughs> brace just yourself. Brace yourself. Get get yourself a drink. Get yourself an old fashioned or a gimlet. I guess a gimlet. Yeah, that's like where we start this episode. So we open up uh, season one, episode two, with a double date between. Don and Betty and mm-hmm. Roger and Mona, who I don't think is really named Mona yeah, at this point. Yeah, we just know it's like the lady with Roger. We don't know about Roger's flandering ways yet, so we're just like, <laughs> oh, this must be the wife. I know, this is probably the purest Roger's ever going to get. Yes, it's definitely the peak for Roger of being a good guy. Um, and then I got pretty hungry watching this episode because they really focus on like the making of a Caesar salad at the table, oh, which reminded me of fabulous. the time you and I went to Tijuana at Hotel Caesar and yes. they made Caesar salad at the table, which is like how it was invented. So that's just a fun fact. I don't think a lot of people know that Caesar salad was invented in Tijuana. Yes. And you get that, that fresh dressing that they're whipping up. That doesn't have to do with Mad Men really. It but. doesn't, but we were just hungry looking at this. Although yeah. we were vaguely disgusted, even though I said you could have a gimlet. Gimlets do look gross. Oh yeah. They're eating Caesar salads and gimlets and like lobster and steak. And it just sounds like, uh, it sounds delicious, but also like very indulgent. And very, very sixties. So Um, in this scene, what really struck me is, you know, there's banter between the couples, mostly Mm -hmm. done by the men, I would say. And Betty says at one point that Don doesn't like to talk about himself. And so she says like, I've learned not to ask really. Mm -hmm. And then later in the episode, spoiler, but not, um, Betty says that her mom always told her it's not polite to talk about yourself. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, what was their first date like? They oh are, my God. they're just quiet. They're just quiet. It, as later, just it's down. Don just making some dumb jokes about the phone book. It's like essentially all their chemistry and gimlets and old fashions and that's it. Yeah. And it just really made me feel like in this society, or at least with Don and Betty in particular, it's like looks are the only thing that matters. It's very like skin deep. For yeah, sure. Um, it was really shocking how how strong Don was. Like, I will not say anything about himself. I'm kind of surprised. Like, he doesn't have like either. He's trying to get people to not dig, or he. Do you mean like has, ever? Like he never talks about himself ever. Yeah, he's yeah. just like, do you have a nanny? That's a very innocuous question. He's like, think <laughs> of me as Moses. I was a baby in the basket. Like he doesn't have any mm. background to like say. He doesn't. Ha- he didn't learn about the actual Don Draper at all. Like, I just was really surprised. Like, we know, of course, he's very secretive about his past. We know why, because we've well, seen the series, of course, but that's true. Yes. So strong. Like, yes. he came on so strong and aggressive. <laughs> I was like, this is your boss, man. And poor Betty, you could see it really bugged her. It was embarrassing. It was frankly embarrassing for everyone involved, how much he was not going to talk about himself. Yeah. I mean, like, I think once you get the past the surface level of like how beautiful, like, Don and Betty are it's really like it's it's very sad it's very yeah. deeply sad yeah there's and it's just like yeah a nothing burger of a conversation well we learned in this scene that Betty's mother recently died which honestly like I kind of forgot about as the episode mm-hmm. went on mm-hmm. um but she actually goes into the bathroom and her hands are swelling up and she feels like 
she can't really like grab anything. Yeah, they're it's, numb. It's really distressing. Yes. It's, I was kind of interested in this uh, scene. I also forgot that her mom had recently died at the beginning. And I was curious, you know, when did the, her hands start being numb? Was mm-hmm. it linked to her mom dying and sort of. I think that was the, the implication. Yes. Yeah. And it seems like there's an implication. And that means it's both an upsetting thing, but it seems like a lot of this is tied to like suppressed, mm-hmm. you know, emotions, feelings about the life being very, uh, very like ephemeral for lack of a better word, very fragile. Yeah. The safety that she has and mm-hmm. also very hollow. And it was really interesting that it's linked to her mom dying because what was it about her mom being alive that kind of kept her from having the spiral that we're seeing just the beginning of Betty's spiral. Yeah. And it's, I mean, like how horrible is it that like three weeks after your mom dies, your husband is like, let's go out to dinner with my boss. And she's like, has to say yes. you know. Yes. And then she has to, she has no one to talk to. Right. About. She just brings it up to Mona who's met her for the first time. And Mona just stares at her. Uh, yeah. This, it's is, rough. this is also, <laughs> this is also maybe love Betty, but like the peak of Betty empathy, just going back, man, Betty is just has a bad, a bad role in this. Uh, yeah. And I, life. I think like over time, like kind of how I talked about Peggy in the last episode, I, I really didn't like Betty in my first watch of Mad Men, but the more I rewatch it, I just feel like she's so victimized by this like cookie cutter society, mm-hmm. you know, and she's doing, she's checking all the boxes. She's wearing her pretty dresses and doing the dishes and having kids and being very, a wife. Very but, much feminine mistake. Yeah. So that's irritating. But we also, um, one of my favorite scenes in this episode, it was right after this double date. We're in this like classic 1960s car scene, mm-hmm. like there's no seat belts. It's a giant ass car. Mm-hmm. And Don is just like holding Betty and it's like very sexy on the surface. Yes. But she's also about to like hack and throw up. Yeah, she's from like, like, I don't feel so good. Again, like flashing lights, like she's not really happy with the surface thing anymore. She's kind of getting to her over time. Yeah. So I, there's not too much to say about it. I just felt like it was very like Matthew Weiner flexing a period piece image. For sure. And <laughs> I also just these little things that always stand out to me later there, Don and Betty again are looking fabulous and really attractive mm, in bed. They're so hot. And they really are. <laughs> and then Betty was kind of saying, you know, I, it seemed like an invitation for you to open up that Roger was asking you questions. And then she mm-hmm. says, did you have a nanny? And then Don says, of course not kind of at the start to mm. sort of shirk it off. But I was like, why? Of course not. Maybe because she, he got with her when she was in the fur company and he was like just an underling, but I, I reminded me of a time where he wasn't rich. So she actually did probably see past the veneer a tiny bit. That's really, really perceptive. I, I didn't really pick up on that. I but... really wish there was like a, honestly, I'd watch a Betty and Don's younger years, even though we know it ends in tragedy. I'm just fascinated with that idea. Yeah. Like, we have some like glimpses of that in for future sure. episodes for sure um the only other thing i'll mention with this first scene too is like don falls asleep and betty asks him like you know weirdly endearing and creepy way i thought both mm-hmm. um mm-hmm. she asks like who's in there yeah and you're like i'm like that's your husband <laughs> yeah you're asking that now but and you must be thinking it the whole time but you've had two kids you've been together a while Ugh. but i guess that was just the standard those days yeah so Next scene, we cut to the office and it, it was just chaotic. Like all of this office stuff going on. We learned that the creative team is working on an ad for a spray deodorant, which was very innovative at the time. 
the way um, of the future. Then, which, uh, sorry, oh. they had that line where they're like, this, the man who he has, uh, uses the spray deodorant, man of the future, he prefers vodka to scotch. I was like, vodka <laughs> is the future? Like, question mark? What, what is yeah, that Yeah, they list from? all these but, arbitrary things. Yeah, and that all don't seem futuristic to us now. But. And then they, like, <laughs> haze Ken. I wrote down rapey Ken scene. <laughs> it's just like very, very creepy. Like they're like, who smells the worst in here? Let's and then they just you down and force you to wear deodorant. Okay, dude. They like take his shirt off too. It's like very aggressive. Yeah. And then Bert Cooper comes in and comments on it. The Navy attitude. This is our first scene with Bert Cooper, who's yeah. the head of the agency. Gotta love Bert Cooper. I love Bert. Um, and they just like I think what yeah. really solidifies my love for Burt Cooper is the shot of him not wearing shoes ever. I was just about to say, like, that's the way the pros do it. I would not wear socks at my job if I could. I mean, it's just so, it's like really cool and also a little anal. And I'm like, I yes. don't know what that. It's a really a power move too. It's weird. It's like subtly a power move. It's just such a great, shoes. like, personality trait. For sure. Um, there's also little like glimpses talking about the Nixon campaign, right? Mm -hmm. Um, this is all again, just exposition of the time, I think. Um, and then all the side characters like Harry, Ken and Paul, who are just like the, the frat bros in the office, they, they take out Joan and Peggy to lunch. I think this is like Peggy's two weeks in the office at this point. So we kind of have a two week jump from the last episode. That would be my guess as well. Um, and it's, it's weird because they like present this lunch opportunity but then harry's like i'm a married man but then he ends up going to lunch yeah which is like checking peggy out later which is very strange Um, and this extremely aggressive lunch where they suggest (laughs) there's another option we can pay you to peggy like basically implying they'll pay her for sex yeah it is not not subtle it is not subtext it is text um and joan is just kind of laughing through her cigarette uh yeah I don't know how to feel about Joan at this point she's kind of not really helping Peggy but she's also at the peak of her her what did you say yesterday you were like bitchy period yeah her bitchy period her ego which is like she can back it up she's a badass of course but I just think they really are portraying her as like she's from Manhattan and gets what's going on, Mm -hmm. you know, and Peggy is the opposite. Yeah. Um, The only other thing I'll mention with this scene before we cut back to the Draper residence is we also learn that Peter Campbell's on his honeymoon Mm -hmm. in Niagara Falls, which he sends a postcard to the boys being like the wettest place on earth. And you're like, okay, we get it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Jokes. Yeah. (laughs) man jokes and um, then he's there for two weeks they say that two weeks in niagara falls also two weeks like as much as we again touching on the trouble so like <laughs> trouble egg attraction to pete campbell two <laughs> weeks with pete that's a lot like, that would wear <laughs> off even for trudy like come on wow but i mean yeah long time with peter long time to be in niagara falls i yeah, mean like not- what do you even do we're in the 60s too like you can't just like <laughs> look up the hottest restaurant on google honestly this is it, it true it was a terrible trip but you know <laughs> it gave peggy time to weirdly pine for pete which is unfortunate i think or, that's the time period where the, the uh creators of Mad Men were casting allison brady yes i think so we're you like know? okay we, need we know time. last episode the picture shown wasn't allison brady but i digress so we move back to the draper residence um this is mostly like a seeing Betty in her home mm-hmm. scene. And we see her daughter, Sally come out in a, just like wearing a dry cleaner bag with her friend. Mm-hmm. 
And it's like, what? This, I just wrote 60s weren't safe. Yeah, 60s equal danger is on my note and like circled a bunch of times because wow, it's just. And, and Betty's like yells at Sally and is like, my sweater better not be on the floor instead of like, oh my God, get that bag off your head. Yeah, just like, yeah, kids. See, not her. It's oh my fine. gosh. It's fine. And then meanwhile, Betty and Francine are gossiping about the new divorcees moving in. And Francine and, is just a neighbor, right? Yes, okay. I think so. Neighbor and friend. Um, but probably not that. I mean, this is unfair of me, but maybe not that good of a friend because she didn't seem that supported with the whole mother dying thing. She just had to mm-hmm. tell a stranger. Not that she didn't tell Francine, but clearly it's not enough support. Right. But anyway, um, I was really surprised by like, Obviously, it's a scary thing to them, but they mentioned for the divorce, that is, but they mentioned at some point, you know, do you think that it will like lower the value of the homes? Oh, what you're talking about the the scandal of the other neighbor getting a divorce? Yeah, like yes. divorce, they would move in and lower value of homes. And I was kind of shocked by that. I was like, really? That's like how shocking this well, is? This and isn't like, the leave it to beaver lifestyle they're uh, looking yeah. for. And um, I don't know if they ever say where the Drapers live. Like, it's clearly not the city. It's probably they, like- They mention at some point later, um, something spring, something falls. Oh, yeah. I could be totally wrong. No, but we're, we're not in downtown. A little awesome. That's what yep. it is. Okay. Good memory. Um, I, I just wrote down, mm-hmm. <laughs> I wrote down like, um, because right after this, then Betty drives with her children and hits one of the neighbors, uh, bird fountains. I think so. Bird baths, I guess. Bird baths, yeah. I couldn't think of the word there. Um, and it's her hands kind of get numb again. And she right hits after that. seeing the divorcee move the box alone. It True. just freaks her out the idea of being alone. And I think underneath all of this, she probably knows that the thing with Don is going to blow up. Like oh, it cannot last. Like very she's like, gonna be there. Foreshadowing. Yes. yes. It goes along with her total, I think, arc of the season of figuring out that Don is not a great guy. And this is kind of all uh fake and you just touch it and it's gonna break so <laughs> well I wrote down like revolutionary road here because mm-hmm. I think like so much of the, the 50s and 60s media was on like cookie cutter leave it to beaver happy family and mm-hmm. this like I, I mentioned the movie revolutionary road because I feel like it's they really showcase how suppressed society was mm-hmm. and that's like what I got from the scene of like Betty just like has a total like failure moment you know yeah, a panic just thinking about another way of life mm-hmm. is just so terrifying. This is, by the way, making me want to see Revolutionary Road. I've never seen it. Oh, so. it's really, it's it's a rough ride. Okay, but, you I'll know. be prepared. <laughs> I mean, so is the first, I love this season. Yeah, so that's is the true. first season of the show. So um, one thing I together. was thinking about though, is that even though Betty's hands froze up and maybe she was so focused on her hands, but it's like, she could have used her brake to like hit the car brake and not yeah. hit the bird bath. But again, this is just showing that she's like, it's the start of her spiral, as yeah. you mentioned. It sort of goes along with, in my mind, even though like, we definitely laughed about that. Not, like, not laughed, kind of laughed, like, Betty, you could have used the break. Um, you did not need to just stare at your hands and smash into the, the birdbath. But it did go along with this whole episode in my mind about the idea of needing psychiatric help or something being wrong with you like different from mm-hmm. what's supposed to be being so scary. So it's more like the idea that there's something wrong with her is so disturbing rather than she can't function because her hands um, are numb. Mm-hmm. Like it, it does seem like a scary thing that she crashed, but it really, it wasn't like fun- she couldn't be functional. It's more like, Oh my God, you are not again, cookie cutter. You're fine. Wife mode. It's really sad. It's very sad. 
Um, then I wrote, we have a hard cut to Don's hard on. We really do. We really <laughs> He's just do. banging Midge, just you know. banging Midge and insulting Midge's admittedly terrible wig. Like, <laughs> what is happening with Midge's hair here? Also, why would she wear a wig? But that's neither here nor there. But it was just bizarre. But yes, just right in from Betty suffering into Don living the life. <laughs> yeah, and then Midge just pushes a TV out the window. This always because bothers. Don's like upset she has one. He's not even upset. He's kind of just asking, like, why did she do that? I I always hate the scene. She's like, I'm a free spirit. I'm gonna ruin my free TV. I uh, whatever. It was a bad scene. It was a bad scene, and also, not, I don't know if it was a bad scene. I just don't like Mitch <laughs> as a character. But like, I hate when people are like, I'm so quirky and crazy, and you're like, you would never do this. This this scene though did include my favorite outfit in this episode, which was really? Midge's robe, which it is like beautiful. purple, silky, like body fitting. Mm-hmm. She looked great. She looked great. And once again, like where's she getting this money, man? Like, oh yeah, good for her. <laughs> um. So then we're back at the Draper residence. We are. Uh, we have a shot of Bobby number one. Bobby number one we'll is introduced. Bobby's the most useless character in Mad Men and gets recasted <laughs> about ten times. For sure. I think they even joke about it, about he was Bobby, Bobby number three at summer camp. <laughs> I caught that in my last rewatch that they definitely it's hilarious. Do, it's definitely an inside joke. Yeah. I feel like with the company. Well, none anyway. of the boys look alike anyway, but they we don't. meet Bobby one, you know, um, and Don comes home from work and has like zero concern about the car crash and mm-hmm. only asks about the car and, mm-hmm. it, and doesn't really like ask about how the kids are doing. Mm-hmm. It's all very weird. Yeah. You know, um, and this just kind of unveils a lot about like the perception of psychology in the sixties. And um, I think this is also the first time in this dialogue, Betty or Don calls Betty birdie, which is like very endearing. Yes. It's very, it's very cute, but also is as we'll see in shoot a later episode at a great, one of my favorite episodes, kind of like you're a birdie in a cage, kind of also uh, like the issue <laughs> with calling someone something like that mm-hmm. reminded me really much of like, it's called dollhouse where yeah. he says like my little squirrel like it's cute but it's also like really creepy Do you mean the the eternal... show? no i'm oh. talking about the the not oh that's doll face but that's like the same idea she's yeah. like don't call me doll face yeah know? yeah it's all has like the play it's in play okay but anyway um going off, going the only off. other thing with this scene is like i i felt like there was a callback to the previous episode with like ads create happiness or, or whatever he says and um, he's asking Betty, like, he he's like, I, I thought you were happy. And it's just mm-hmm. like, happy, happy, happy is like, what is that? And what is that in the 60s is very much at play here. Yeah. Once you become secure, it kind of like frees you up to realize like, this is all pretty hollow, <laughs> which I think kind of goes along with the whole theme of the show across all the characters. I did um, have to laugh that Don, when they're getting ready for bed, buttons one button of his <laughs> night shirt because it's like, I, I think he thinks he's getting laid, but does he really want to get laid after having sex with Midge? Like, Yeah, and also after basically like weirdly gaslighting his wife into being like, how can you be unhappy? Actually, I think this happens in this scene. Like, how can you be unhappy with all of this? Yeah, this was Ugh. my big Don dupe scene of like, Don looks really hot, but he's like being, he's gaslighting her about the car and gaslighting her about psychology. You know, it's, it's really awful and kind of, <laughs> this is basically perspective from him, like to think like psychology is, or psychiatry is like something that unhappy people do, which is mm-hmm. first of all, that's not really what it's about. Well, like obviously the thinking was behind, but also like 
again, thinking about his upbringing, like where, I guess he just got that from society. Like where did he get that understanding from? Cause he must know somewhere deep inside he's deeply unhappy. <laughs> well, later he does say too. that like when he was in, you know, the war, uh, there was a therapist on site or something like that. And mm-hmm. he was the gossip. So mm-hmm. like, if you're sharing your deepest, darkest secrets to someone and then they share it, like that's going to ruin your perception of it. Yeah. So that guy was just a dick, you know? Yeah. And I guess it goes along. I just realized like with the beginning, like he doesn't even want to share anything about himself. Mm-hmm. So it's probably threatening to, to think that you would ever divulge anything about what you're thinking. Cause like, that's a cage in his mind. Like you never yep. let that information out. Yep. Uh, it's all very strange. I think like this whole podcast is just me convincing myself and society that Don Draper sucks. Yes. Uh, yes. I but he's so damn attractive. We need to remind <laughs> ourselves periodically because he's going to keep on. He's going to keep charming. He's going to keep you know? us, but we got to keep pointing out the Don Drapers. Um, so then we're back at the office and we're going, um, we're watching all the creative team come up with this ad for the deodorant spray. Oh my God. They did. I have to say Don. <laughs> Don was not wrong. Like all these ideas are terrible where he's like, I don't, I actually like their idea. They talked about like, um, you know, an astronaut using this as like the future of deodorant. Let me, let me clarify. I think that that part was okay. I do think, I think that the response to criticism, which is definitely something that like seems very feasible, very real in my mind that you're like, but like, you don't want to let go of the idea. But at one point they're like, well, he's up. I don't know why. This, no, this is, is one of my favorite he's, lines. He he's Paul is like, I mean, this, <laughs> he's like, so bad. I like this. This was one of my favorite lines. Paul is like, cause in the, in the picture that Sal drew, it's like the astronaut is upside down and he's holding the deodorant can right side up. And Paul's like, I mean, in this one, the can's right side up and the guy's upside down. And you're like, so that should work, right? It's like, to listen to your mom's feedback. Yeah. Paul had my two favorite lines in this episode. Cause later he also is walking around Peggy or walking Peggy around the office. And is like, this is my favorite media whore radio. I have to say during that, not to skip ahead, but during that tour, like I was like, <laughs> I understand why, like, it's not worth me because she thinks it's innocuous, but like, he does seem like a nice contrast. He does pose himself as a nice contrast to the initially, initially. And then he reveals, I don't know, to me, he just comes across as this like asshole English major. Oh, he's a very hipster, bro. It's like, you look (laughs) at the heart of it. It's he's like, I'm writing a novel, which I feel like they drop and then they just put on Ken later. Yeah. And then he definitely is like, how can you not see this? Like, it's not sci-fi, but like, (laughs) um, Oh God, what is it called? No, oh, science fiction. No. The oh, show. you just said that. The show. Oh, the Twilight Zone. Twilight Zone. Yes. Oh my he God, does I, reference so the Twilight Zone, which and I'm sure. Like, I can't believe you didn't see that show that I think is cool. Which I'm and sure like, like very few people may have initially been watching. And then it like got, I don't know. I'm just making He's a speculation. definitely like I, a hipster I saw it before you did. Oh <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. I don't know if you have anything else to say about the deodorant campaign. Yeah, I think I would just say that like, it is the first instance, one of many of uh actually I feel like I said this last time so maybe it's the second of many but it's I feel like it's the first of many times that like Don uses uses work to like he uses work to work out the stuff in his life that he won't communicate with people so Mm -hmm. he's just like what do women want and he's very clearly thinking about like Betty's unhappy so clearly as much as he was brash the night before it got to him and he's kind of like what if he, she wants something I'm not giving her mm-hmm. which is mm-hmm. seems nice on the surface but also is really sad it's like some mysterious thing like actual self-respect and all so is stuff. he is he asking what do women want in the respect of like 
if men wear this spray deodorant, women will want them. Like, is that the twist he's taking? Or is he just asking that in general? I, I think he kind of goes from one to the next. So he's like, what does women want an excuse to get closer? So he does use that, but that's he, true. He seems like in the middle, like, some mysterious wish inside that we're not fulfilling, you know, mm-hmm. um, that they don't want what we're giving them. He seems like very clearly to me to be talking about Betty, like, which is, I think he did us a lot during the series. So just to point out first of many examples of him, you know, work-life balance. I think we were talking about this yesterday, Sophie, like work-life balance for him is really bad. So yes. this is, <laughs> we had life percolating into work before. Now we have or work percolating to life before now life is percolating into work. Yes. So it's both very true. Anyway. Um, I think the only other thing I wanted to mention just about the office Mm -hmm. is I love the fonts on the doors. Like there, there's like a quick, like shot of Peter's name. And I'm like, Oh, I love this font. I love the way it looks on the door. Like, like this, this agency is sexy. It's a Mm -hmm. sexy agency, you know, Mm -hmm. very cool. Like for sure space. Um, well, What's next? I guess we're back at home, right? After this scene. So I think actually he first, Don first confides in Roger too. Yes. Like, okay, continually, like, what do women want? And I just wanted to point this out because this is my favorite line. As much, all my lines are basically what make me laugh. I promise I'll do some serious ones <laughs> for the listeners. I mean, but... that was for me too, about like radio whore. So for, yeah, so that's true. For this one, it, my favorite part was when he's like, what do women want? My, uh, Don says to Roger and Roger just goes, who cares? And drinks <laughs> like a swig of whiskey. It's what just so on the nose, but he makes all of the subtext of everything all the men were saying into text. And it's just, you know, yes, that's refreshing. Roger's a jerk, but at least he's straightforward with you. He'll just tell you right. Oh, I love can. Roger, but yeah, I think I think that actually makes him endearing. You know, it's like yeah, I was like, you know, at least you're saying what everyone's thinking, and you just like kind of that's the. I feel like if you could sum up the episode in four or or a couple of words, not four, I can count. Um, <laughs> what do women want? Who cares? Who cares? <laughs> like, that's the whole episode. Do Do we want to mention the candy pink stove as well? Yeah. So Roger says, you know, this, it was a decent line too, that Roger was said about psychiatry, you know, this is, um, you know, this, this psychiatry is just what wives want. Now it's just this year's candy pink stove, which mm-hmm. made us realize, oh, candy pink stoves used to be a thing. And actually <laughs> on that point, I actually it sounds had, adorable. It sounds kind of adorable and would look really cute or terrible depending on the kitchen. Yes. Um, I thought this was also interesting that this was another example of Don kind of using his home life yep. again. That Just like you down. said. Yeah. And he, you know, it brought me back to the beginning when Betty said, you know, I think Roger wants you to open up Don. And then Don mm. opens up a little bit sort of in the scene, but about Betty. He doesn't do it about himself. He opens That's up about, so true. So he kind of uses Betty to open up and get closer to Roger because it does seem like it gets him closer to the Roger. But to avoid talking about himself, which fuck you, Don, but also kind of interesting <laughs> that he he's never did take that in yeah. with what Betty said, but then kind of used her too. Very perceptive, Nora. Uh, this is what happens when you watch like <laughs> 15 times. You notice these little things, you create these weird little theories. So now we're back at the Draper residence again. Mm-hmm. Don comes home and Betty's like, cold lamb sound good to you? And yeah, we were like, like no, no. It sounds disgusting. All the food in the 60s was so bad. Yeah. Terrible. I think the kids are eating fish sticks oh, at, at one for, point. Except for, we can't forget, except for our Caesar salad at the beginning. Oh, that looks, very true. That, that looks really good. good. I that mean, that's good. like something people still eat. Yeah, that's true. Um, and then timeless. I wrote... 
because Don gives Betty this like very beautiful watch bracelet. And I was like, jewelry will help your psychology. Yes. This was my Don dupe where I was like very nice on the surface, but also shut up about your problem. Like, here's the thing you want. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying it's like not a nice gesture. It's a nice gesture. It's it's very clearly standing in for something else. Yes. He's like, this is what you must want watch because he had no he asked people and all the men had no idea and roger even said who the fuck cares about your wife's problems Mm -hmm, so mm -hmm. um and this was the saddest part of the episode for me where betty was just like talking about and and very much replaying the i know she's replaying the accident in the car and she's like what if sally got a scar on her face which she thinks is worse than sally even dying from the car accident yeah really gets down to her fear of just not being stable in like this life and being alone because like she's like what if sally got a scar and she was alone forever and i'm like that's such a projection yeah for sure oh it's so sad um she also says she was going like 25 miles per hour when she hit the uh bird bath and don's like that's not even fast and i'm like that would be kind of fast i think to hit a bird bath also just go down a residential street like it's not slow it's it's very sad um anything else there Nora? no i think that that was it it mostly was just you know, Betty starting to have this, you know, just so interesting, this clear anxiety just like pouring out of her every second about, you know, how shaky this life is, this, this bone deep hollowness of her life. Yes. And it's just really interesting to see Don's, that moment where Don's face changed and realized my wife probably does has a, have a problem. I can't deny it anymore because of how freaked out she got. He was just like, it's fine. And then he looks at her and you could see that he's like, I don't know, maybe you need uh, help. Like, no, it was there, really yes, there is that really sad scene. And she's like, do you think I need to see someone? And he's like, no, maybe, I don't know, like do whatever you want. And it's just so sad. It's really sad. He does not, he should have just been like, he should have answered something different, but it was sad to recognize on his face that he's like, Yes. I think he thought yes on his face. Mm-hmm. Like you do need to see someone. So then Don goes to his therapist, which is Midge, who's not a therapist. <laughs> yeah. Know? He just talks about life. And then she's like, I'm she's like, don't spirit. talk about Betty in front of me, which yeah. is like, so true. Like good for you. You yeah. know? Um, also matching him in denial. Like don't talk about you being married and it's not real, but also like yes. it makes them a good pair. Ugh, it's upsetting. <laughs> um, then we're back at the office and Peggy is wearing a neck scarf, which to me felt like her trying to like, you know, two weeks in this job, she's going to try to like play it up a little bit. Yeah. Someone last episode said like men like scarves too. And clearly she's taking mm. that advice. She's showing those little ankles. Make oh. them sing. <laughs> I actually really, this is not my favorite outfit, but God, those, <laughs> making so those ankles sing. Oh my God. It's so Yuck. embarrassing. I almost put this as my favorite outfit because I actually thought her little scarf was very cute. What was your favorite outfit? It comes the oh, next yes. scene. Okay, so I will, we'll, we'll pause. It's, it's got to be Betty, but. Well, I mean, this one, this scene is just upsetting because it's basically Paul is like with Peggy around the office and then he like gets her alone in his office and starts kissing her. And I was like, what the fuck, Paul? Like, Yeah, I wrote down earlier uh, when he, I think he's talking to Peggy right after everyone hits on her really aggressively he just talks to her like a human and says well toodaloo which is embarrassing but (laughs) so bad but I wrote down Paul's playing the long game and he did for a day (laughs) no like two weeks like I guess you're talking about the lunch then it was a day yeah Yeah. it was like a day and a half and I was like I was like I can see how this is working but also 
Paul's kind of blew his wallet. I mean, if the long game is like Peter goes home with her the first day and then Paul waits two weeks to get her alone in the office, I guess that's the long game. He's pacing himself by comparison. (laughs) Gross. And then like, it was bad. And then Peggy kind of lies and says there's someone else in her life. But I think she's kind of alluding to Peter, which is really upsetting. Yes, I definitely got that feeling. I was like, oh no, Peggy. Yeah. got married. What are you doing? Literally just got married. Um. And then Peggy and Joan have like also a very upsetting conversation. And she goes, look at you all in this bit. And I love that. She was yeah. like, but honestly, then she's like, well, you're the new girl. You better enjoy it while it lasts. Yeah. You're not much. And you're like, Joe, what <laughs> you're are you like, doing? calm down. We get it. You also, know? empathy for Peggy having to Ugh. retype an entire letter after misspelling Terre Haute. Like that's awful. I mean, she did mess up her job. She did mess up her job, but back at just empathy, I guess, for everyone back in the day when you had to retype the whole that's fucking true. thing. Yes. When you... <laughs> oh, and then uh, there was this like very weird scene of like all these men in the office like staring at Peggy in slow motion, some of whom we never see again. The first guy, okay, this is gonna be insane, and we probably have to cut this out. <laughs> the first guy's face. Looked like either cartoon was so small. It was so weird. Massive head. It was weird. Or I thought like man in the yellow hat from Curtis <laughs> George. I don't know why that really reminded me of that. It was a very strange like montage. Yeah, of all these men that like, like we will see none of them again, but just to be like, she's getting attacked by all sides. She's like, I already had my sex with Pe- with Pete the first day. I'm done for a while. I'm waiting for him, you guys. Let me wait for the unavailable oh, guy. So <laughs> He's gross. a douchebag. <laughs> Um, yeah, well, that was all very upsetting. (laughs) Are you ready for some more upsetting things? So Betty goes to her therapist. Actually, to make this happy before you talk about that, (laughs) definitely best outfit. Oh, oh, Betty, yes, in the therapist's office. Yes, that blue top that looks like a jean top with a little tie and then big beautiful patterned pink skirt she looked so cute she did and did she also have that thing in her hair or maybe that was like the scene prior but she I think she, she had this does. like really cute comb in her hair that was holding back her like perfect blonde locks. yeah I feel like that might have been the scene she looks so good in pink anyway she did uh, look, she's just so hot she looked beautiful <laughs> but she did also look young which I think was maybe the point of the styling she looked kind of like a little kid true I mean, not a little kid but like young like a teenager to me yeah um well she she's just chatting her chair laying down like they used to do so uncomfortable the the therapist says nothing yeah it's just like i will stare at you and write things on a pad like my if like i went to a therapist and they wrote things down on a pad i'd be upset but Um, she also one thing that really struck me in this is she takes off the watch in the middle of I talking, I didn't even she takes it that. off. She puts it on the table. Oh my god! It was really striking it's, to me. Yeah, wow. But it's very I, subtle. I, like you're like, oh, I'm gonna take Don off and talk and you know do something I'm not used to doing. And it was probably bugging her because it's sitting mm-hmm, by something to mm-hmm. her. Man, that was a really good catch. And it's just again pouring out of her this anxiety, this truth that she's gonna discover at the end of the season. She just already knows Ugh, that's there. I feel the like perfect storm. Ugh. Um. So anyway, after that, uh, we're back with Don and Midge and he's asking like, what do women want? You know? And then he says like, you know, better than to ask. And I'm like, oh, Don, I'm like in love with you. Yeah, I'm like, I, I, I kind of rolled my eyes during that point. I was like, oh, that's a good line. Fine. Yeah. We'll, we'll let you have that. <laughs> we'll let you have that. And then is this a scene where he's just like clearly flexing his creative ideas? And then Midge is like, oh, this, this is the ego we pay you yeah, for. Yeah, the ego that I'm like, do not stroke him. Him, yeah know? like he's fine he's good <laughs> enough at stroking himself um yes that's definitely the scene and then how 
often is he seeing Mitch? It's like, oh my God. It seems day. like a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's weird that she's going to fade out. Well, if this is like Rachel the next soon. day, it's been like, it's been like 12 hours. Really? No, no, no. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. He, he, spent, the night. he, no, but he spent the night with her. Remember? Yeah, that's true. So I this forgot. is the same day, but I'm You're like, right. okay, like, doesn't your wife who just went to there, I don't know. Maybe the time here is a little wonky. He it definitely just, spends the night. It's though. a big part of his life. And it's just so strange given that one, it's not a, a, one of the mad, mad women that we remember yes. in this series. Yes. And also just, again, flashing lights of uh, upon rewatch of Don uses sex to soothe himself. <laughs> Especially it's when fine. he's not got our things, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, so then the last scene really is like with Betty and Don and they go on the worst date ever. <laughs> oh my God. Pat McGroin. And they're just that. like, what are they, they're eating? Like, um, well, I know Betty gets potato al gratin, but she also gets like yeah. a tomato juice to yeah. start, start off the evening. It looks, first of all, it looks like the exact same restaurant that they were at the beginning, which I yes. thought was kind of weird. I was like, well, well, is this supposed to be a parallel? And also, it may just be sets. Honestly, that's probably what it was. There wasn't a budget and it was the same set. But well, I, I'm also like, okay, if they're in like a small town outside of New York City, like how many restaurants are in this town, right? Yeah. Like maybe well, this is like the big my, date night spot. Well, my, my my idea was like, it was, um, they have, were having dinner in the city after she went oh, to the Oh, you're right. Oh, sorry, city. I'm like misremembering that. But either way, I think it's like striking that, um, the seating is very similar. Like it's very like cozy booth, like circular, you know, Yeah, it's really distinct, which is what I noticed. Very sixties. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they're at dinner, they're talking about nothing. (laughs) Um, and then after dinner, Don talks to the therapist on the Mm -hmm. phone, which is so upsetting to me. And, and the therapist is like, your wife is very anxious, you know? Yeah. And he's like, He's like, oh, interesting. Don's like, oh, okay, I can solve this problem. Thanks a lot, Don. And then just very obvious kind of swing to just stare at the stove. Oh, the stove. The stove. They're the... so good at filming this house in the series about like, my. actually, I give credit to my mom. My mom said this when we first watched it, that they have good imagery of the house and particularly Betty in the house and how lonely she is. It's just like empty frame. Yeah, and so, you said this yesterday. You were like, it's a, it's a callback to that candy pink stove, which is yeah. just like a placeholder for psychology and like happiness and perception and image and all this stuff that we're talking about in the episode the kind of hollowness of this life um I definitely (laughs) felt like this I I like this episode a lot even though a lot even though it seemed like an introductory and setup episode and just some one other thing that I circled and I didn't get to say from a past scene um I feel like this scene this whole episode can be summed up in two quotes my favorite quote of course, from Roger. What do women want? Who cares? So that's the men's side of things. Badum ching. Badum ching, exactly. Uh, Roger is all about the badum chings. Uh, <laughs> but then on the women's side, I thought it was really sad, but also, I guess, kind of well observed that Betty, you know, her last line in the psychiatrist office was, you know, we're all so lucky to be here, which oh. is really from the woman's side, like her thought of like, we're so lucky to be stable and have men who provide and to be able to get the candy pink stove, be able to get what we want and have this stable life. And also beyond that is like, it's not just, we're all so lucky to be here. It's like, then what, you know, after yeah. we're lucky to be here, then what is your life? You know, I thought that like, that was really that, at least that phrase really encapsulated what I thought that he was thinking this entire episode. We're also lucky to be here, that anxiety, but also like what, 
is what next what's behind that anyway the next thing is the deodorant of the future deodorant of the future that's that's what men want next yes well their candy pink stuff yes i think that's a good note to end yeah (laughs) until next time until next time Thank you.